Welcome to Generation Mix. This is the podcast where a father and a son review the CDs that the dad's been making for the son for the last four years. I'm the dad, I'm Neil. I'm the son, I'm Joel. And today on episode 15, we are listening to the music of Elton John. Now, this is a CD that's going to be light on the hits. Main reason being is Joel already owns the 1970 to 2002 double CD greatest hits on there. And there are several songs I would have included, but for the fact he owns that. we might. I'm ashamed on. you didn't put on Tiny Dancer. And Tiny Dancer is one of them, because Tiny Dancer is an absolutely fantastic song. Mm. So if you don't know who Elton John is, then he was born Reginald Dwight. He became a musician during the 60s. He seriously hit the big time in the 70s and became one of the best-selling artists in the world at that time. And it's a status he's more or less retained for the rest of his career. And this compilation will cover stuff from early days in his career, like what's known as the classic period, all the way through to what I think is still his most recent album, which is Wonderful Crazy Night. So we're going to start now with my first pick, which is one of his autobiographical songs from the album Captain Fantastic and the Brander Cowboy, and it's the title track. It is. It takes a long time to get to what is effectively a chorus. But there's there's something about the Captain Fantastic album. It's worth remembering that this was a... It was a story about Elton John himself, who is Captain Fantastic, and his songwriting partner... It sounds a bit full of himself, then. He didn't write the words on this, remember, because his writing partner who wrote the lyrics is Bernie Taupin. Bernie Taupin is the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Bernie Taupin wrote a set of lyrics and he used to hand them to Elton John, who put the music to them. But this album as a whole was written in the order that it's on the album and it's their story from when they first met in 1967 through to when they had their first successful um, recording, which is the Empty Sky album. Okay. So this is kind of like the introductory uh, track to an album. There's, There's a song on there, which is on your greatest hits, called... Someone Saved My Life Tonight, which is about a time when Elton John was suicidal and nearly went to go and kill himself. And someone talked him out of it. And they wrote that song, and it's right in the middle of the album. So to take things out of context of this album is quite difficult because it is a thorough story. But we will be revisiting it again later. Moving on to track two, and we come to the title track of his most recent album, probably going to be his last because he has an extra time and it's wonderful crazy night some things you don't forget some things just take a hold oh wonderful crazy night like that take your back won't let you go 
Someday, if you ask it all about the key to love, I'll say that wonderful night, what wonderful crazy night it was. Um, I don't like that one as much. What's that? I just didn't find it as fun. Or could you hear anything different in the singing from the first song? Yeah, it sounded more like niche, like That's a bit a... more like Elvis Presley. Okay, in 1987, Elton John had to have vocal surgery, and uh, he had throat nodules, and it changed his voice to a certain extent. You'll you'll hear that stuff after 1987. He's got an older voice, and it's deeper, and he can't hit the high notes in some of the stuff that he sang when he was a, a much younger man. And that's, I think it's quite marked here in those two tracks just how different his voice had become in the right. space of nearly right. 45 years. Oh, my gosh, a tiny dancer. And then... We're going to head back now to what is certainly his best-selling album and arguably his best album, and that's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which is a double album that came out at the end of 1973. So far, we've listened to a couple of opening tracks from their albums, and this is also the opening track of that double album. But it's a special one. It's a really long piece. It's actually two songs that are merged together. It's Funeral for a Friend, Love Lies Bleeding. So it's a two-parter. The first mm. part is entirely instrumental, but it goes through several movements, and then it hits that song of "Love Lies Bleeding." The first, the first movement was painful. It was quite loud, but I did turn it down a bit. It, it was quite very synth-heavy. Then you get into the piano bits, and it gets yeah. slow. It gets quicker. It gets slow again. Then it gets dramatic, and then you hit "Love Lies Bleeding." What did you think of it as a whole? And be 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 aware that this is probably my favourite Elton John track of them all. I don't actually know my opinion. What do you think of the song part? The song part? I don't think I liked as much as the instrumental. So I went to see Elton John at the Nottingham Ice Rink. But in 2002, 2003, and he was touring his 
album, Songs from the West Coast. And I had a list of songs that I thought I really would like him to play these. And then I had, a, I had one song I thought, if he did this, it would be fantastic, but he'll never do it. There's no way he's going to do an 11-minute Love Lies Bleeding. And it's what he started the concert with. And I was made up because it's amazing. And you know what? Elton John is often described as one of the best showmen in music. And it's true. He was, uh, he was incredibly good live. But at the end of that track, remember it was the first one? Mm. He then stood up and he bowed to every corner of the auditorium after one song. <laughs> it's kind of, I remember thinking, You're a bit full of yourself there, pal. <laughs> but it was, it was stunningly done. It was incredible. And it's one of my best concert memories is watching him do Funeral for a Friend, Love Lies Bleeding. So let's step back one album previous, which is Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player which I was listening to the other night when you were in the room, you may have noticed it. Mm. And this is a track called Elderberry Wine. I've often dismissed that album because the follow-up was the amazing Goodbye Yellow Bit Road. But I was listening to it again the other day and thinking, I've been a bit dismissive of the tracks on here. Mm. There's some great ones on there. I think, I was telling you, I think the reason I'm dismissive of it is I don't particularly like Crocodile Rock. But there's so much good stuff on there. Elton John was in a hot vein of form up to the end of... Goodbye Yellow Bit Road. He didn't put a foot wrong, really, on his albums. And actually, I I think Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player is a lot better than I'd ever given it credit for in recent years. We're still working back in his career now, and we're going to hit the Elton John album that he released in 1970. This was actually Elton John's second album, because Empty Sky was their first and kind of sank without a trace. The track I've picked from this is a single but isn't known as a particularly successful one and it's Border Song. Oh, Lamb Moses, I have been deceived Now the wind has changed direction and I have to leave Won't you please excuse my frankness but it's not my cup of tea one yeah it was quite soft and it i like that one thing you'll say about Elton john songs is that they're incredibly piano led that's because mm. he is probably rock's greatest pianist okay in my opinion i not call um, him a rock he's a rock he's a rock musician rock and pop okay but, but he but he's, he's a rock and pop musician i wouldn't ever have called uh love lies bleeding a pop song there's, there's a real rock hard edge to that song the sixth track on here is one that you already knew when I made it, and it was, um, but it was a bit of a surprise to you when you actually heard it. 
It's the only song that we've got that isn't co-written with Bernie Taupin. It was written with a guy called Rich Hall. And it's from the musical Billy Elliot. But Elton John had a hit single with the track Electricity. It's like the there's a music playing in your ear. And I'm listening, and I'm listening, and then I disappear. And then I feel a change, like a fire deep inside. A stagecoach and I quite liked it and then I heard it and it what? it's weird more than anything but then you've also heard the, the the stage version of it and it's it's better in his version I think it is better in his version because he's not trying to put on a fake Newcastle accent when he's singing and I feel it change that was awful oh this was our theme in case you were wondering what we actually did use it was electricity it's probably my least favourite track that we've had so far, personally. Okay. I don't know about you, John. No, it's okay. It does lead us back to Goodbye Yellow Bit Road again. And the next one I've picked from there, because it really is such a good album, is The Ballad of Danny Bailey. Why not? I just didn't find it as interesting as the other ones. So you don't like the fact there's a narrative in the story of a gangster that's killed? Did you not hear that in the first line? Not really. Young punk with a shotgun killed Danny Bailey. And then there's, a, there's in the middle of the next line, there's a, a smack on the drums that represents the gunshot. I didn't notice that. To, he's supposed to be a gangster character, Danny Bailey. Okay. Like a prohibition era. Do you want to hear it again? Okay. So, listeners, we have just re-listened to that beginning part again. Joel. That was... It's a lot louder, the drum beat, the second time. It's effective, though, isn't it? It shows how you can use instruments as part of telling the story. I, I think it's a better track than you were giving it credit for. Actually, yeah. you'd grow that would grow on you. Probably. At the time of the Goodbye Yellow Bit Road album, Elton John had had a settled band known as the Elton John Band that came together around about the time of uh, the Honky Chateau album. So he considered to do himself. Davy Johnston, who still plays guitar with him, 
Nigel Olsen, who still plays drums with him, and Dean Murray, who died in the 80s, who played the bass. Now, listening to these tracks, I've, I've been listening to them and thinking, flipping it, the bass work on that is incredible. And the bass guitar has really stood out in this lesson for me. Mm. So he had the same settled band lineup from 1972 on that Honky Chateau album, all the way through up to and including the Captain Fantastic album from 1975. And they became very tight and the, and the musicianship in them was really good. And it's probably why I think after 1975, when a couple of the band members were kind of let go, uh, Davey Johnson stayed with him, but Nigel Olsen and Dean Murray were kind of released from working with him. They did work with him again in the 80s. After that had happened, I don't think Elton John was ever as good as he was in the first half of the 1970s. And it stopped after the Captain Fantastic album. And the next track is from that again, and it's Bitter Fingers. Like that one? Why not? I just didn't. Was it a bit too slow to kick in? What yeah. Do you, what, do you, what do you think when the, co- the chorus kicked in? The chorus was okay. Yeah, total different tempo change. Yeah. So again, that's another one of their biographical songs. It's talking about when they were struggling, the jobbing musician and songwriter. And so it's hard. It's hard to write a song on demand when you've got bitter fingers. And he's talking about having to use your fingers to write the words and also play the melody, and it's hard to do it when you're not in the right place for it. I think Captain Fantastic is a fantastic album, but it has to be probably listened in through as a whole. And although that's the last track we've picked from that album, we will come back to the whole Captain Fantastic concept a bit later. Track nine, we're now actually halfway through was used in a film called Almost Famous, which is where I first heard it. I didn't really know much by Elton John, apart from some of the big hit singles, and of course, Candle in the Wind 97 for The Death of Diana, which I can't stand that song. I like Candle in the Wind, I just can't stand that version. But watching Almost Famous, this song was used as a car was driving over a bridge. It's called Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's. Now I know Spanish Harlem are not just pretty words to say I thought I knew But now I know that rose trees never grow In New York City Until you see this trash can dream come true You stand at the edge While people run you through And I thank the Lord There's people out there like you 
Is that just because I said I hope you're going to be no, nice about it? No, it's quite, it's it soft. It's a beautiful song. It wasn't the only Elton John song used in Almost Famous. The one that really took off was Tiny Dancer. Hmm. So as a result of the film Almost Famous, Tiny Dancer started to become better known and is now often rated as Elton John's finest song. But I really like Mona Lisa the Manhattan, which is the one that didn't get put on the soundtrack. We're now going to come to what Elton John and Bernie Taupin considered to be the first genuinely good song that they wrote together. And it was off the Empty Sky album. So we're going right back to where they started to have a successful career. But this is not the version from Empty Sky. I picked something that's called the piano version, which was used as a B-side from the Goodbye Yellow Bit Road area called and it's Skyline Pigeon. For just this skyline pigeon dreaming of the open Waiting for the day He can spread his wings and fly away So that's called the piano version because the version on Empty Sky involves him playing harpsichord. I massively prefer that one because I prefer the piano over the sound of a harpsichord as a lead instrument. But what did you think of it, John? I liked it, but not that much. Okay, why is that? Like, it's soft, like I said, for a couple of the songs that I quite liked. But it was also quite hard at points as well. You don't like that? Don't like that as much, no. Okay. Again, we were talking as we were listening to it. I was pointing out all of those, what I referred to as pregnant chords. And you looked at me funnily. It's because a pregnancy is a time of expecting and waiting for something. And when he plays one of those chords that doesn't belong in the natural scale he's playing, I call it pregnant because you know you're expecting something to follow it that's going to send you back to where you were comfortable. It's that classic Elton John trope, I reckon. The next track is the title track of personally what I think is my favourite Elton John album, and it's Madman Across the Water. There's a joke and a no very well. It's one of those that I told you long ago. Take my word out my mouth and don't you know. The ground's a long way down below 
pictures that you're after Now the glance of the madman You were scary. <laughs> Why was I scary? Um, was I doing mad eyes? Yeah. In Mad Man Across the Water. There's a menace in that song, I think. The sound of it. And you, you were saying you thought, Viv, it sounded something familiar to you, didn't you? Yeah, the, um, at the start, like the, there's a guitar like really high. Well, it's using the harmonics of a guitar. Harmonics on the strings. Yeah, and that... That I recognised it from a guy called Trace Bundy. Well, you didn't recognise it because Trace Bundy came 30 plus years after this. I know. This was a 1971 album. It sounded like it. I mentioned his band earlier, the Elton John Band. Yeah. That was the first track, I think, in which all four of the members of the Elton John Band from the classic era actually played together. So Davy Johnston's playing that guitar that you liked. And it was his first okay. appearance on an Elton John record. Joel, you know that I quite like my 1980s pop, don't you? Yeah. So we're now going to listen to a track from the 1980s, which in many ways was not Elton John's best decade. But it was the decade in which this song was released, which subsequently, a year later, as part of a double A side, got to number one. So the A side of the single was Sacrifice. The double A side, which kind of gets forgotten. Remember, this was listed as a number one single, had a video and everything. Is Healing Hands. Like it, but not as much as some of the others. I like Healing Hands. I think it's an ignored hit. So it won't appear on Greatest Hits compilation. Sacrifice does. You've got Sacrifice on that compilation there, which is a good ballad. I like Healing Hands, and I think it should be better recognised than it is. So from the pop and probably jolly kind of sound of Healing Hands, we're going to come to a song that is very dark from the Songs from the West Coast album. This song gets a lot of flack from people who reckon it's badly written, but I think it is an amazingly good song. And it's called American Triangle. See two coyotes running down a deer Hate what we don't understand Give us your children But it's your blood that stains their hands Western skies Don't make it right Home of the great Don't make no sense I've seen this beer corrupt in a while Let the die on a high rich fence It's a cold, cold 
it sounded dark. It was quite okay. low. So I'm going to read um, from information about the song. The song is a moving tribute to Matthew Shepard, the openly gay Wyoming college student who was a victim of a hate crime. Matthew Shepard was lured out of a bar on October the 7th, 1998, allegedly because he was gay, driven to a remote prairie, tied to a fence, pistol whipped and into unconsciousness and left for dead in freezing temperatures. A bicyclist who found Shepard nearly hidden in the sagebrush 18 hours later thought at first that the University of Wyoming freshman was a scarecrow. Taken to a hospital, Shepard never regained consciousness and died of massive head wounds on October the 12th, 1998. The song is about the murder of a, a gay young man by two um, other students. And it's... I remember... Elton John introducing this in Nottingham as saying that this was a song that he had been wanting to write for a very long time because obviously the story really affected him because he's famously, um, he's gay. He wasn't able to and then Bernie Taupin provided those lyrics and he felt that he could finally do it. And it's, it's an amazingly good song, in my opinion. It, it gets some criticism about being a bit trite, but I really don't think it is. I think the music and the words really marry together. I'm not going to ask you what you think of it <laughs> after you've heard the story. I think that's a late career highlight for Elton John. So let's go to the next album. And um, after, after something that's actually quite as heavy and as dark as that song, I think it's time we did something a little bit more upbeat. So we're going to go from dark to light and we're going to make sure that you turn the lights off when you leave. I ain't gonna die was Turn the Lights Out When You Leave from the album Peachtree Road, which is one of his lowest selling albums of his career. What did you think of it? It sounded... country. It sounds a lot like some of the songs in Romeo and Juliet. Like... Do, do, do. Well, you, well, yeah, that's that the style, style of his voice at that point. It was only... Another five or six years before Romeo and Juliet came out, so it's kind of in that style. Uh, that's a fair comment, I suppose. You, does that mean you disliked yeah. it? No, not particularly. We're coming into our last couple of tracks, both of which are album closers. And the first one is what closed the Goodbye Yellow Bit Road double album, and it's Harmony. Looking for an island 
So does harmony live up to its title? Is it harmonious, Joel? Not really. I don't particularly like that one. Oh, that got a huge amount of airplay in America and could have been released as a single. Possibly would have hit the top of the charts. But at the time they'd released, a, they'd recorded another album, and they didn't want to delay its release by having another song from Goodbye Yellow Bit Road release, which I kind of get. But bearing in mind the album was Caribou, and I think it was probably his first misstep. It's a shame that that wasn't a hit single. It could have been a huge success, but it's a lovely song, I think. So I said early on that whilst we kicked off with Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy, we would be revisiting the role of the captain at some point. And remember it was an autobiographical album? Yeah. They did a sequel. Okay. In 2008, Elton John and Bernie Taupin wrote a sequel album to that called The Captain and the Kid. And it covered the their lives after Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy stopped, which was 1969-1970. So all of that time. And this is the closing track from that album. The Captain and the Kid, the title track. We stuck around for the battle Waiting for a plan To turn you into the brown dirt cowboy And me into a rocket man If these are the people Some of the time Digging into our roots But I got a brand new pair of shoes And you're on a horse In old cowboy boots And you can't go back And if you try and fail Looking up The song is full of allusions to successful parts of his career. So it's a reference to Tumbleweed, which was Tumbleweed Connection, their third album together. There's a reference to the Yellow Brick Road, which we yeah. talked about. Later on, there's another reference to Turned Me Into the Brown Dirt Cowboy, which is the lyricist, and You Into the Rocket Man. And Elton John has been known as Rocket Man throughout his career since the single Rocket Man. So it's a really nice end to this whole idea of these two autobiographical albums. And I think a perfect end to this CD. But what do you think? I liked it. Mm -hmm. Do you like it more than the Captain Fantastic track? Because it's Probably a very not. similar opening. Probably not. Okay. It's a good album, Captain and the Kid. I think this is a good introduction to the deeper work of Elton John and how much good stuff is out there that you're still got ahead of you if you choose to listen to any more of it what do you think of the cd as a whole it's pretty good actually you're gonna to listen to it again maybe i think it's time for well you know what's coming folks joel's revenge what you got today i've got technically it's a mashup right it's a charity but it's also a charity mashup okay Just... you know how i feel about charity singles it's a mashup of two musical songs, right? Where the singers in the music in the musicals switch roles and are singing each the okay. the other person's song. What is it? It's called Found Slash Tonight. Yeah. And and what musicals are they from? 
One of them's from Hamilton. I cannot, can't quite remember. I think that's tonight. Tonight is from Hamilton. And found is uh, from. I can't remember what found is from, but I'll look it up over the. Okay. Album. Well, you better let me hear it. Although I think I will recognise it. Oh, raise a glass to freedom. Something they can never take away. No matter what they tell you, someone will come running to take you home. Raise a glass to all of us. Tomorrow there'll be more of us. Telling the story of tonight Out of the shadows The morning is breaking And all is new All is new All is new It's only a matter of time Even when the dark comes crashing through When you need a friend to carry you When you're broken on the ground so that was found slash tonight. What did you think? That was awful. <gasps> Just kidding. It's the best Joel's revenge you've done so far. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> I swear you're doing that deliberately. I was doing it deliberately. Because that is probably other than a couple songs on the bonus um, on the bonus CD when we did Different World. And maybe a couple of other songs. That's my favourite song we've done far so far. It's your best Joel's Revenge for me. I, that was really nice. And they meld really well together. Yeah. And so you've looked up which musical that second Found song was, was from, didn't you? It's, it's from Dear Evan Hansen. Okay, I've not seen that. But what me I neither. do know about that is there was something about it that I kind of thought I recognised the style of that song. And when you said it was from Dear Evan Hansen, it's because it was written by Pasek and Paul, who are the two guys that wrote The Greatest Showman. Oh, okay. And that would make sense. I recognise the style of the bits of, that were from Found. Lin-Manuel Miranda is the guy who wrote Hamilton and sings on the other half of that. Do you know what else he did? No. He wrote the music for Moana. Oh. Yeah. What so can right. I say except you're welcome? That felt as well, yeah. in terms of you doing a a Joel's Revenge that fitted with the theme of what we were looking at, that was piano-led, so it felt like it fitted with Elton John, but also because it was from a musical, Elton John's written musical, so as you know, he wrote the music for, for The Billy Lion Elliot. King. And Billy Elliot. And Billy Elliot. He also did the musical Aida with Tim Rice. Romeo and Juliet. And the stuff, so but. it felt like that was in keeping with what we've listened to, and it was okay. your best Joel's revenge for a while. Okay, in fact, at all, it's taken fifteen for one to actually be really good, okay. as opposed to just merely passable. That was episode fifteen of Generation Mix with Elton John. Thank you very much for listening. Both of us have got a YouTube channel. Mine is called Pock and Rock. There's a link in the description. Mine is called Fox Eating Nuggets Gaming. Mine's all about music. His is all about gaming. Obviously, you want to go and over to my channel because it's more similar to what you're listening to now. <laughs> the podcast is available pretty much everywhere now, so please tell people about it. The best thing you can do for us is to tell someone else about this podcast. If you hear them saying, 
I like music podcasts. And so have you tried listening to this? This is a father and a son revisiting music compilation CDs that he's been making. Why not go and listen to this and see what the son thinks of them now? Please do tell the people as we, we are hoping that this will get bigger and more listeners. I've got some plans for a guest or two in the future, but the next episode will be one of our bonuses. We'll be listening to a full album through. Please head to our Facebook page because there will be a vote for you to pick which album we listen. It's my pick this time, so there'll be a choice of two to choose from. Listen out for the musical clue, which will be what we'll be doing in a month's time. But until then, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time. This is Generation Mix signing off. Bye-bye. Bye.